Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Georgia Show. Tonight we will have a full prediction of the Dogs 2023 season, the schedule, the breakout players, Talk a little bit about a five-star visit weekend list as well. It's time for the Georgia Show. Let's go. Better never rest. A beauty killer's in the sky. What a thrilling time to be alive. Hey everybody, it is Georgia Showtime. That was Counting Colors from a local Georgia band, Granville, out of Albany. Palmer knows him, he's hip. Rusty's <laughs> going to download the album on Spotify, I'm sure. Uh, appreciate y'all hopping in tonight. We got a full show, all the dogs' predictions you could want. And we're going to start off just kind of going game by game, rapid fire on the dogs' schedule. Of course, Georgia starts with UT Martin. A little bit later in the show, we'll talk about some individual players. Well, let's pull this thing up, guys. Um, I think I know how y'all are going to call this game one opener against UT Martin. But let's go ahead and get it on the record. Uh, how do y'all see this thing going? Palmer? W. They're going to win Easy that dub one. for the dogs? I mean, I, I I just put it on the board. You know, somebody was asking the over-under on, um, you know, passing attempts in the, fir- in the first game. I, I would take the over in the second half passing attempts. I would take the over, but I think that's because they're going to want to get those two uh, younger quarterbacks some work. I, I think we see some good, see a good showing from Carson Beck. Um, running backs a little bit banged up. They're going to want to put the ball in the air more, um, but pretty easy dub. Yeah, I don't think there's even Vegas odds on this. Is that correct? That's usually a I don't even think – no, I don't think so. I, I haven't seen it, but somebody said a 40 number, and I was very surprised by that. No, I, I would take – I don't know that it's even a, a legal Vegas odds on that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think Georgia should uh, handle UT Martin. They are uh, obviously a different class of team. And, you know, this is one of those games where you want to come out and you want to be – even though it's early in the year – uh, you want to be able to do some things and, uh, you know, air this thing out, get some guys some touches. But, look, you never know how people are going to react until you're in a game situation. And, you know, I, I fully expect Georgia to win this game, hands down, pulling away and play a lot of people. Uh, but I'm interested in Carson Beck, man. I don't think we're going to sit there and see Carson Beck. Georgia could obviously hand the ball off and pound this thing and beat them and grind the clock out. But that doesn't make you better for down the line. And, I think we're going to see Carson Beck throw this thing. I think we're going to see a, you know, a, a, a large chunk of this UGA playbook. And uh, you may not see players like Brock Bowers too long because you know what he can do. But uh, you got to get Carson Beck in here and get him some reps and throw one of these new receivers and just seeing how people react in game situations. Yeah, uh, I'm with you guys. Dogs, easy dub. All right, Ball State. Now, this was supposed to be Oklahoma, right? Yes. That was so, supposed to be the road uh, trip to Norman. Just for fun, 
you think Georgia would have beaten Oklahoma on the road? I do, but it would have been an interesting test. You know, you know, we'll get to it later. But with Auburn, um, you know, being the first road game. Remember last year's first road game? It, it was at Missouri, and we all remember how that one went. Um, it, it's always interesting, and, and a road trip to Norman would have been uh, it fit right in. So I, I do think that they would have won, but I think that we probably would be seeing a lot more of the starters in the opener if they were taking on a team like Oklahoma in week two. Yeah, I, I think so too. That, that's a great point. Would have helped out for the road prep. Uh, yeah, Ball State, famous uh, college that David Letterman attended. I think that's also where the viral uh, Boom Goes to Dynamite video came out of too. It will be a lot of dynamite for Ball State to handle when they take on the dogs. Just the, this the I think the ten day forecast on that looks a looks a little crisp. Uh, and you start talking about a noon kickoff, so you know a team coming down here, and you get you some of that ninety five degree weather on a Saturday. It's going to be much more pleasant. It looks like at this point this weekend than it will be next weekend. Then you throw in a noon kickoff, so uh, I expect Georgia to to handle their business there. And, and that's one of those ones, Wes, where if you if you do what you're supposed to do, and because of that heat, you get those guys out of there and you let somebody else finish that second half because you want those legs fresh and recovery. Um, you want those legs fresh and recovery going into that first SEC game, a national uh, televised game the next week versus South Carolina. That, All that these hot practices sense. are going to pay off for that Ball State game. Uh, yeah. Maybe South Carolina too. That, I think that means- Georgia will handle South Carolina by the end of the game. But I won't be surprised if Spencer Rattler rides a little bit of that momentum he had at the end of last season and makes this thing a little bit more interesting for Georgia, maybe through the first quarter and a half, two quarters than people think. No, I, I agree there. I do think that that South Carolina team is, is you know, one that could be coming in with a lot of momentum, especially if they are able to win in a big opener there in Charlotte this weekend against North Carolina. One more quick note I'll add on that Ball State game because I, I think it's important with the South Carolina one. I think that's when we'll start to see, you know, some of these banged up players. You know, that's that's the biggest storyline with this team right now is injuries. They're banged up Bulldogs and, you know, Kendall Milton, Dejan Edwards, Kamari Laster, Smile Munden. You know, all these guys are starting to come back and, and get closer and closer to the field. They may not play this week, but I definitely think that we're seeing more those guys getting more reps against Ball State. How do you expect South Carolina to uh, come in, Rusty? Um, let me say this first. I do think South Carolina is going to carry in uh, some momentum from last year. I look at Georgia, and I had a tweet out yesterday. You guys may have saw that about what I think it takes to beat Georgia, and that and the proof is elite quarterback play, and usually an elite wide receiver. Uh, C.J. Stroud did it even in a loss. So the three games they've lost in 2020 since 2020. Mac Jones went for 417. Uh, Kyle Trask went for 475 and four touchdowns with Kyle Pitts. And then Bryce Young, obviously, in that SEC championship game uh, with Jamison Williams, you know, got into Georgia pretty good for four touchdowns, I believe, as well. Saying that, I'm not sure that Radler has that type of game in him against a Georgia defense. And uh, that's not a slight to him. That, that defense has done that to some really, really good teams. And That'll be the first game, I think, that you'll really see 
uh, the Georgia fan base like gassed up for. You know, that's a three thirty game. It's ideal. That gives you time to get down there and get tailgating, uh, get that get that adult hydration in you. You know what Kirby's going to say, and Kirby's going to say it that Monday. We should have the. I guess we should do the drinking game. He's going to challenge the fans on Monday uh, to to impact that game like they did the Arkansas Day games, like they've done other games uh, in recent years. So I think Georgia handles that game, and I think they're going to they're going to take care of business pretty good. Uh, and I don't think that's going to be indicative of the rest of the season for South Carolina. I just think Georgia is a bad matchup for South Carolina. I don't think Spencer Rattler has enough people around him offensively. Uh, to give Georgia a huge threat. UAB, an interesting matchup for Carson Beck. He could have started against the Blazers a couple years ago, but then Stetson Bennett kind of impressed Todd Munkin enough to take that job and never look back. I think Beck will have a little bit of... uh, Isn't that ironic? (laughs) Yeah, I I think he'll have a little bit of firepower ready for the Blazers this time, and he probably won't be playing that whole game. That's a dub. Yeah, that was a rough Tuesday practice for Carson Beck. And if you go back and think about that that practice, I think, you know, the rumor was he threw three interceptions and it kind of changed the trajectory of what was about to happen for Georgia. You know, no slight to Carson Beck because he stayed, fought through it, and he's ultimately won the job back. But those two days when they gave him the job and then his trainer leaked it or someone leaked it that he was going to start that week, as you guys remember that, uh, someone yeah. leaked it from down Florida and, it just kind of snowballed on him that week. But think about that UAB game and how things were different after they made that move midweek to say, we're going with Stetson Bennett. Yeah. At I mean, Auburn, through five I've said it down. for the last several weeks. I think that this game could be tricky for Georgia if it's at night and maybe just in general, just depending on how Carson Beck handles the road. Um, you can simulate Georgia's really good defense. It's really difficult to simulate a road game in the SEC, but I still think Georgia gets the win. Well, and and you know, Wes, you've mentioned it before. Hugh Freeze is a coach that has 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 had some success against Kirby. Um, you know, obviously with with the time that he spent there at Ole Miss. Um, you know, when when Kirby was at Alabama, and and also that first year Kirby was at Georgia. Um, I, I do think that there's a revenge factor there. Um, but like you said, that. First road game can be difficult. Um, I think Georgia wins, and in my season predictions I put out, I think Lad McConkey has a big game. He had, he had a big one there last time, and um, I, I could see that being another one. Now, I'll say this. When Auburn and Jordan Hare, is, that place is rocking, especially like Wes said, you go there at night – that thing is that's all that you want in a fan base i mean they they can they can come unhinged there and certainly uh they 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 can be loud and and have impact on a game but i'm I'm not going to sit here and say their roster's where it needs to be and people i talk with that's have watched auburn and people that know that roster said man they're just they're, they're a good ways away, offensive line and defensive line. They are desperately trying to change that those rooms. And when you think of the strength of Georgia, you start talking about grown men, it's the offense and defensive line. So, you know, that may be one of those games, West, where Georgia fans might get into Bobo some because they might just run it down their throat. They might just – it might be an old-fashioned just 27 to 3 you know, not really explosive plays, just run it down their throat and, um, you know, kind of suffocate 
in a curvy way. You know, he does. He'll suffocate a game out. He'll run that clock as long as he can if he gets a lead. So I can see that game playing out. But I, I, I'm telling you, I've been, I've been there many times, and there's not many places on earth for a sporting event that's louder than that place when it's rocking. No. Well, and, and there's else. a shot. There's a shot that that's an 8 p.m. kick because if sure. I'm not mistaken, that is the SEC triple header week on ESPN. So they get an eight a 9 p.m. Eastern kick that has to be in the Central Time Zone. So mm. they'll be they'll be hydrated down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to need some extra EMTs in the stands for that one. All right, Kentucky coming to town October 7th. Uh, you look at this Georgia schedule and you think, you know, maybe that South Carolina game is the final SEC primetime kick on CBS for Georgia between the hedges. But I'm going to put a pin in Ole Miss down the road, but Kentucky could be undefeated by this game too. Yeah, Kentucky, you know, I think the job that Mark Stoops has done there has been vastly underrated. I mean, they've won some big games. They've lost some head scratchers. Uh, the, the the Vanderbilt game last year, you start wondering how they lost that game. But Kentucky's one of those teams, and all three of us have been on the sideline the last two years. When you see Kentucky come out, you go, "Damn, they they look pretty good in pads." And their DB, I don't know where they get these six two corners, but they just keep stacking these kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they could give they could give us, and they got a tra- another transfer quarterback. So you know, to me. When you look at those first few games, I'm not hesitant to say that Kentucky could be the toughest test for Georgia to this point. No, absolutely. Still pick a W for Georgia. Yes. Um, absolutely there with, with Devin Leary coming in and, and some yeah. very talented wide receivers, Barry and Brown. Um, That's the one, Barry and Dane, Brown. Dane yeah. Key. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and then they bring in a 1,000-yard rusher from Vanderbilt. Um, Liam Cohn comes back from after a one-year trip out west with the Rams. I, I do think Kentucky's going to be one of Georgia's biggest tests this year. Uh, I've still got them winning that, but I mean, my my score prediction was was within two scores. Yeah, no, I mean they can play tough. They can do it on the road and at home. We've seen it the last two years. And, right, and they Vandy, muck it up too. Mark Stoops and that that system will muck it up. Yeah, no, he likes to uh, get after Kirby uh, at Vandy. The stadium under construction, and they might need a little bit more construction after Georgia tears through there. That's a W. Hundred percent. I'd be interested to see that that aerial shot because the Georgia fans invade Nashville, as we all know. And when you get limited seats, this not Georgia fans aren't going to not go to Nashville. So that one's going to be real interested to look at those those two sides of that stadium and. Is there any black and gold left? Because the, I, I mean, I know a ton of Georgia fans, and they're all going to Nashville. Like they're all going to Nashville. I, I know people that bought Vanderbilt season tickets just for that Georgia game. Right, makes um, sense. I mean, Clark Lee is yet to score against Georgia. Obviously, they did. They didn't match up in that uh, twenty. Well, I guess he wasn't there in twenty twenty, but twenty twenty one and and twenty twenty two. 117 to zero is the combined score of Georgia over Vanderbilt. So that's that's the big storyline to me. Can Clark Lee, AJ Swan, and that Commodore offense punch one in the end zone or or get a field goal? All right. I like those odds. Speaking of odds, prize picks is your place for easy selections on really fun games this year. And uh, we're going to start it off this season. Each week, we're going to have our picks on what the dogs are doing. Now, as Rusty mentioned, there's nothing for Georgia this week because the opponent is so overmatched. But with uh, prize picks, you can make picks within 60 seconds, and you have 
the opportunity to win 25 times any entry you have. Right now, with the code DOGS, you can have your deposit matched on prize picks. So if you put in 50 bucks, they're going to give you 50 extra bucks. You put in 100, they'll give you 100, so on and so forth. So we're going to show you how this thing works. You can pick any sport you want to. I think they got everything other than uh, pickleball on there. So you can go on a prize picks. We'll make some college football picks tonight. Uh, and if you want to take a look at it, see what we got going on, it's pretty easy. So all it is is looking at what prize picks has as the stat lines for these players. You got rush yards, pass yards, receiving yards, all that, rushing touchdowns. And you pick your player and you decide, will they do more than that projected amount or will they do less? So no dogs on the, uh, on the board tonight. Florida, Utah may be the most interest for the people that are watching with the picks we can actually make. I'm going to go with Montrell Johnson taking on Utah. How do y'all feel about that? I do like that. 57 and a half rushing yards. I I do like that. But, Wes, there there is some Georgia in here. If you scroll over at the top, you had to dig a little bit to find this one. Um, But but doing it, I I did. Uh, College football season. Okay, um, right on. with receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, I like Brock Bauer's chance to uh, to, to put a, up more than 700 yards and more than seven and a half touchdowns. Okay. With, with the way that I think Georgia's going to put the ball in the air this year, Carson Beck and and that offense, um, you know, the, and, and him being the go-to guy, I mean, he's had more than 700 receiving yards each of the last two years. That feels like a lock. Uh, the, the He had seven touchdowns last year. 13 the year before I like his chances to get above that seven because there were a couple times last year that it felt like he, he was really close or they, they maybe underutilized him. All right. There's nothing on Carson Beck passing yards. I like the, uh, I like the season pick. We can check in on that at the end of the year and then we can pick maybe one more for this week. Any other games jumping off the page for y'all? Let's see. We got Florida, Utah. I think right now it's just the Thursday games. Um, okay, so we can only but, pick. Yeah, because I was looking. I mean, that like I said, that North Carolina, South Carolina game is is intriguing. Um, you know, two talented quarterbacks there, and Drake May and, and Spencer Rattler, and obviously Georgia's seeing South Carolina a little bit later. Um, you know, Florida's is definitely the one that's intriguing. For Georgia fans right now, and I'm interested to see how, what Jeff Sims looks like at, at Nebraska after transferring from Georgia Tech. All right, so what do you think? Let's take Jeff Sims. Where's he at? Jeff Sims, more than 186.5 passing yards against Minnesota or less. So let's make our picks. Montrell Johnson, how's he going to do on the road? More than 57.5 or less? Rusty, I'll let you make a call there. I'll go under on that. I, I think right. with, with Trevor Etienne there, uh, they've got a dual two-headed monster there. I All don't right. know that he gets that number. Hammering the over on Brock Bowers receiving yards, and then Jeff Sims against Minnesota. More than 186 and a half. Let's do it. Just hammer it. All right, and let's do let's do someone we think is going to bust. How about this Minnesota quarterback? More than 
half an interception. Yeah, that that Nebraska that Nebraska defense corn corn dogs. What if MJ Sherman gets a tip ball? Like yeah, the corn dogs. That's where we're going. We're going with the corn dogs. All right, so <laughs> let's put in twenty bucks. Place our entry. Remember, if y'all sign up for this with the code dogs, you're gonna get your entry, your deposit matched. So we've already got a little bit in here, courtesy of Prize Picks. We're locking it in. All right, we'll check in with y'all next show and see how we did and check in on this Brock number at the end of the year. All right, Florida and Jacksonville got the bye week before that. The Gators really getting dumped on by everybody, guys. I've seen some predictions that they'll only win four games. For me, I'll have to see that to believe they'll be that bad, but I still don't think they'll match up against this Georgia team as they're trying to figure out what they do with their roster. So the dogs win this one pretty easily. Same. It's going to be a lot of hydration. (laughs) (laughs) That's a common theme on this schedule with with Georgia fans. Lots of hydration. No, I'm, I'm very curious to see Florida tomorrow night when they take on Utah. Excited that that's a Thursday night game as opposed to a Saturday night game that that conflicts with Georgia. Um, You know, really, again, you know, we said it with Kentucky, a transfer quarterback for, for Florida, Graham Mertz interested. They've got some talent at running back interested to see. I am not all too high on the Gators, um, but that's, that's a game that always gets interesting. Following week, Mizzou in Athens. I don't think Georgia's going to be surprised by Eli Drinkwitz and this team. Georgia handles the Tigers between the hedges. Even though this series is kind of weird, I don't think the Tigers are going to sneak up on Georgia in this one. You you have that one game a year, and it almost seems like it's Missouri. And I'm telling you, they're down 10, and Dominic Lovett gets hurt, changed the whole trajectory of that game. So, you know, you just think about coming off that floor. I don't care what Florida's record is. That's still a massive game to go down there and, and get pumped up forward. And you're, you know, you're, you're 18, 19, 20 year old kid. And you're, you know, you're undefeated this time. You're number one. You're thinking about those next two games with Ole Miss and Tennessee. There's no question, but you got a little team coming here called Missouri. And, uh, you know, they played well last year. I know Kirby Smart's going to show them that tape and show them, Hey, this is what almost happened, right? This was almost a team that beat us. And um, for whatever reason, man, Missouri just, they just played Georgia. Well, my question is where will they be at this point in the season? Because if they don't play well or win some games, that that seat's going to get pretty hot out there for, for him. Yeah, yep. I mean, you've got to think that Dominic Lovett's going to want to have a great game there. So, yep. um, I, I do think – and that offensive line, too. I mean, Missouri's mm-hmm. got a talented defensive line, uh, you know, a defense that returns some guys. That offensive line is going to be motivated to, to want to have a really good game because, you know, Kirby said after that game, we got our butts kicked in on, the, on that – you know, line of scrimmage for three and a half quarters. And that was, that's what made that a game. And so I think you're going to have some uh, revenge factor there with that offensive line. And then, you know, with love it as well. All right. I think Ole Miss, the Kirby Lane Kiffin bowl. I think there's a good chance this one could be Georgia's final three uh, thirty CBS game before everything switches away from CBS with Georgia looking ahead. Potentially it's human nature. I know they're disciplined, but Tennessee that next week on Rocky Top, uh, this one's going to be close, but I still think Georgia survives because it is that difficult to win in Athens these days. Go ahead. Go ahead, Wes. I'll give you mine after. I mean, go ahead, Palmer. 
I think, I mean, with it being senior day, I, I think that they're going to be ready and focused. Um, you know, that that's something that we always hear from Kirby and the importance of doing this for the seniors and, and the, the home records and, you know, all the, all that shine that comes out for them, you know, typically a little bit later than, than this one. Um, you know, but like we mentioned with Hugh Freeze, Lane Kiffin is somebody that, that, is a little bit of an offensive guru and, and knows what Kirby does. I, I think that they're able to put up some points. Um, but I, I'll, ultimately, I do think that, you know, defensively, they haven't really been able to figure it out. And I think that Georgia is able to put up more points. This will be the game I think Georgia plays the best in. And um, I don't, I, I listen, Lane Kiffin is one of the best play callers in the country, and they are. They are they were they they're hold your breath on offense because they'll carve you up now and they got a great running back in Junkins and they got a transfer kid out of Rome, um, you know Griffin who came from Oregon State, Jamias Griffin who was Gatorade Player of the Year just transferred in over there so they got some extra running back depth and they got I don't know how he's done it but he's got like nine quarterbacks in that room and got like got like yeah. got like dudes that were starting other places to transfer. So I think uh, I think Georgia is going to – I think Ole Miss, this is finally going to catch them defensively because, man, they have lived and died in that portal. And I just think you got to have more development on your uh, the guys you sign. And you can go get pieces of the puzzle. But, man, Ole Miss has basically been portal heavy. And in my opinion, I just don't see how that works. I think Ole Miss gets kind of exposed this year. And I think when they come to Athens, uh, they might be a wounded dog, so to speak. All right, this is the one everyone has circled on the calendar at Tennessee in Knoxville. I go back to two seasons ago. Georgia had a legendary defense then, and I think this defense will be not just as good, but the shadow of that defense. Pretty freaking good, really deep. Does Tennessee have the depth to go toe-to-toe with Georgia if Georgia doesn't injure itself the way that Alabama did with penalties I don't think so. I, I think Georgia still wins this one, if not pretty similarly on the road uh, the way they did in Knoxville in 2021. Maybe it's a score closer. I, I still just see a big gap between what Kirby Smart's doing and what Josh Heupel's doing, even though Tennessee very well may be the second-best team in this division. Neyland can get rocking, but um, I, I do think that – you know. I, and it would not surprise me one bit if this is Georgia's closest game of the year because there there is talent there. You know, there's more talent than there has been in years past. Josh Heupel's recruit starting to recruit well. Um, but like you said, the depth of Georgia's defense compared to Tennessee's defense. And, you know, Kirby and Glenn Schumann and, and Will Muschamp, they, they did such an incredible job last year scheming up against that you know, powerful Tennessee offense. I, I do think that this defense is going to be good, Wes. I'm with you there. My my prediction, you know, they did a little bit of math after the predictions, and at least in the regular season, I've got them allowing less than 10 points a game. Um, they probably give up a little bit more than that against Tennessee, but um, I, I do think that they win this one. This is going to be the first major, major test for me for Carson Beck because yep. he's going into a hostile environment. I mean, this – let me tell you something. Those Tennessee fans know what their team walked into in Athens after it was over with. They did, and Georgia fans, um, you know, they'll try to travel as good as they can. But Tennessee, I don't care what Tennessee's record is, Georgia's gonna get their best shot there. 
I think it comes down to quarterback play. Can Joe Milton have a big enough game like those three other guys I talked about, those four other guys, have a big enough game to take down a Georgia? Because, you know, Georgia has seen Heupel now twice and kind of seen that offense and seen what he does. Now, what does Heupel do? Because he got a chance to see what Georgia's going to do against him. Alabama played zone and Georgia didn't. So what did he do in the offseason to try to counter that? It's going to be a huge game within the game type thing. Uh, but I think this is Carson Beck's statement game as we go into December. Can he handle this type of environment? Because it's going to be the loudest, in my opinion, that he's been in against the best team he's played, in my opinion. Uh, I think Georgia wins this game, but I'm telling you, Georgia, you, they had a great team last year. They didn't blow everybody out. I mean, they couldn't do really much against Mississippi State. Missouri was tough. You know, they had to pull some games late. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those four quarters, full, you know, uh, cage match. And I think Georgia's going to find a way to end this. But I definitely think that Tennessee is going to be ready to play Georgia, and they're going to give Georgia everything they want that night in Knoxville. At Georgia Tech, Brent Key really trying to build a lot of momentum in the state, and he's not being shy about it. I don't blame him. You got to try something when you're going up against Georgia, but the dogs should uh, finish the season in style for me, and that uh, looks like an undefeated season for the dogs for me anyway. Yep, third straight 12-0 regular season. Becoming a semi-annual tradition, every other year tradition there with two games in a row in Atlanta to end the season. I, I think that Georgia – uh, takes to the newly renamed Bobby Dodd Stadium at what is it, Hyundai Field? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think that they continue their winning streak in Atlanta. Yeah, agree. All right, guys. Uh, so that's an undefeated year for us. We'll get into some postseason and uh, playoff picks a few weeks down the road here and uh, let the picture of the college football season shape up. But we've all been on the record. At least I know Rusty and I have. George is going to three-peat. We'll uh, break down the other semifinal teams maybe. Palmer, you have you made a pick on that front? I have got Georgia in the playoffs. Uh, I have not officially made that pick, but I, I do feel um, – look, I mean, I, I feel better about this team coming into this season than I did last year's team going into last season. With, with the experience that they've got, I, they've absolutely got as good of a shot, if not a better shot than anybody uh, to, to take home a title. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's bring in Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy, it is a uh, big recruiting weekend for the dogs. Some big visitors on this visitor list checking out UT Martin for a fun night game between the hedges. Uh, who are you most excited to see? Who should Georgia fans be most excited to see this weekend, man? I think the first name you have to mention is Elijah Griffin, a uh, big five-star out of Savannah. He'll be up this way the Friday night to play a game, and then he'll stick around and go over to Georgia and watch Georgia play. That's a guy that, you know, defensive line has been a big position at Georgia. He's one of the best, you know, to come through here, come through the state in a while. So I think that'll be – that's one that I got my eye on for sure. 
Rusty, you uh, you got a, a list up on dogshq.com. Uh, what, yeah. What's the storyline for you? Well, it, it obviously Jeremy hit it on the head there. I mean, you got to um, start with Elijah Griffin because it's just they don't you can't miss on players that are top two or three in your in the country, uh, specifically defensive linemen like that. And his body type are just hard to find. Uh, when you look at him, Georgia offered real early. Uh, you see that frame. He's at six four and a half, two hundred seventy pound. I mean, he is. I don't know that Georgia can make a five tech better than him, and uh, that's the kind of guy they're looking for. But Zayden Walker is another top player, five star uh, player in the country uh, from Sly County. He'll be in town uh, this weekend, and you know his half brother, Jalouis Solomon, just committed to Auburn. He's taken business to Miami recently, so you know it's not a slam dunk with him. But I know the Georgia staff. And some people, you know, I talk with inside that building think that Zayden Walker is an absolute can't miss, got to sign him in this class. So uh, both of those young men right now are expected to be in town. It's not it's not one of those crazy deep lists, uh, but it's still anytime you have a couple of five stars and then in-state kids and you get a chance to showcase yourself and spend some time with those guys, uh, you got to take advantage of every opportunity. What's the biggest hurdle for Georgia right now as South Carolina looks like they're in the lead according to On3's RPM? Uh, he, he's very close with uh, – Jeremy, is it the young man? Is it Brunswick that's committed to um, – Michael Smith. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Calvary. The tight end across – it's in Savannah. Yes. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're really close. And uh, even though they don't go to the same school, they're in the same town. And, you know, every time Michael Smith went over there for a visit, it seemed like Elijah Griffin was with him. So um, – you know, you look at you look at him and and how tight uh, th- those guys are. So that's kind of you know it's not far either from Savannah as well uh, to to Columbia. So he's been over there quite a bit. And I think Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong. That last weekend of July, that kind of you, you start kind of kids start tipping their hand a little bit. Well, he went to South Carolina. He didn't show up in Athens. So it kind of tells you, you know, this is time to get him back on campus and take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think you know he. I talked with him a couple of weeks ago just about South Carolina. He seemed to really like everything they're doing, the energy that they have behind that program, the defensive line coach over there. Um, his name is escaping me now, but I know he played in the NFL. Travion Robertson you yeah. know, has really made a big impression on him. He talked about his experience, you know, that he had, you know, playing at South Carolina, but then also playing at the next level. And he just seems like he's really connected with that program. And I, like you said, uh, Mike, him and Michael Smith were really close. And, you know, you look on a map and you think Savannah's way far away from Columbia. You know, I, I did some research while I was standing there with them. Like, oh, wow, this is not far from home for you. So, that's right. That's right. You know, and, you know, I think that's a program that, you know, is really going to be in it. Another program that kind of popped up while we were talking was Clemson. Yeah. You know, Clemson's right. This South Carolina's not far from Clemson. So, you know, that's another program that I'm watching, too, just because for one, the culture Coach Eason has it has really has his ear over there as well. Um, when I got there, he had on he practiced that day in Clemson gear, so he had a Clemson shirt, with Clemson shorts, Clemson gloves. So that's a program that's really emerged, especially because they don't offer a lot of guys. So that's another program that I could see him getting to and getting to campus maybe a couple times this fall. So if you look at the top five players in the state of Georgia for own three, you look at Elijah Griffin. Obviously, he's number one, the five star. 
defensive lineman. You look at Sly County, Zayden Walker. You look at Justice Terry from Manchester, who is uh, verbally committed to Georgia. You look at Elias Williams from Camden County, who's verbally committed to Georgia. And I do not – how do you pronounce the running back at Lee County? Usman Chroma. Usman Chroma. Here's what I'm getting at. Now, we've all followed recruiting for a long time. And I don't know the last time you've seen a top five that didn't have a player in it from Cobb County or Gwinnett County. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Savannah, Ellaville, Manchester, Folkston, and Leesburg. And let's be honest, that's the type of battles lately that Georgia has been winning. So not only are these talented football players, these are in areas that have been really, really good to Georgia. So I'm kind of interested to see how this thing plays out. Um, nothing slight. You know, here's the deal. You put Elijah Griffin in great, in, into Gwinnett County, and, I mean, I can't even imagine the amount of coaches that would be at that school every single day they could be. Even Savannah, they're going to be highly recruited. But you put that kid in Metro Atlanta around all this media and all that stuff, it turns things up a notch. Yeah, I think he's even flown on the, under the radar from, from our standpoint a little bit just because sure. we don't see him as much. Yeah. You know, I think we have him ranked number two. I mean, it's hard to say a player that's number two yeah. in the country is underrated. He's, he's not really a national name. I get what you're saying. He's not a national name really outside of us. Yeah. Absolutely. And he should be. And he should be. Yeah. I mean, Elias Williams is the same way. I mean, he's yes. another one that's kind of down there. And we, don't, we don't talk about very often. We don't see it nationally very often, but he's another really good football player. So mm-hmm. I definitely agree with your point. Just it's, it's, it's crazy that you think about the top five in Georgia and none of them are in – the metro Atlanta area. Very, very strange, very strange with that class. And I'll tell you this, the 25 class is loaded at premium positions, O-line, D-line, got wide receivers, uh, things that have the state has been down for a little while. They're not down with D-line and O-line and wide receivers in that class. Georgia, Georgia has got to take advantage of this 25 class in state. They've, they've got to be as heavy in my opinion, as they've been in a while on in-state kids. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Rusty, you nailed it, dude. When I saw that none of these guys are from Gwinnett, I was like, well, Georgia might actually get one of them. That's where they've been winning the battles. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yep. they, they've they been winning those battles, and and um, that that's kind of the – you know, I'll tell you this, Justice Terry from Manchester, I mean, he could be number one in a lot of states. I mean, th- th- I'm telling you, this 25 class is at the top is really, really, really good. Jeremy, you also had a great piece on uh, – up on Dogs HQ, premium piece. Right now, 50% off an annual membership at Dogs HQ. You don't want to miss out on that. And a dollar for a month as we kick off the season. A great special, and I know that won't be lasting too much longer. LJ McCray uh, narrowing things down, and George is in the mix here, but it seems to be a, a toss-up right now whether or not the Dogs are going to land a yeah, I definitely feel I definitely felt that way talking to him. Um, you know, I didn't really get a sense that he was leaning one way or the other. And I think he's he's content in taking his time and making sure that he makes a good decision. You know, just kind of hearing what he had to say about Georgia and hearing how he how he carries himself. He I mean, he definitely kind of has that, you know, Kirby Smart in Georgia vibe about him just because he's very business like, very thoughtful, very, you know, thoughtful about how he approaches football you know i think and he he basically said you know i don't really care about playing early i don't care what the depth chart looks like 
I'm going somewhere to get developed and I want to be a good football player three, four years from now. I mean, I, I don't hear a lot of guys say that. Very, very much. Georgia may not get this kid, but it is a very similar, in my opinion, recruitment of Jordan Hall. Yeah. Uh, you know, mom and dad are heavily involved in this deal. And it's a young man from Jacksonville, Florida. And I don't think Jordan Hall really <clears throat> demanded he that he needed to start. You know what I mean? I think that he's playing the long game. And, you know, I've heard it from more than one. And Jeremy kind of just backed that up. This kid's playing the long game. He's not worried about what he's going to get month. Uh, the first week he gets to the next college, he's looking at three years down the line. And what type of player am I going to be leaving the program? So, He's one of those, man, if Georgia gets him and we're able to stack Elijah Griffin in behind him, yeah, oof, yeah, that's not good news for the rest of the country. All right, Palmer, we'll tap you back in here, man. Wrapping up the show, uh, we're going to go really rapid fire here. We're just going to go one, one guy at a time. We're not all going to explain these positions here. But we're looking at the stat superlatives. Who's going to be the best in their stat? And I know this piece is coming out at Dogs HQ later on this week. So we won't have everybody's picks on the show here, but we'll just take one guy. I'll start us off. Leading rusher is Kendall Milton. All right, Palmer, who, who do you have as the dog's leading receiver at the end of the year? Brock Bowers. I mean, we we just put in the bet there. Uh, you know, it's, it's an easy pick, Brock Bowers. Jeremy, leading tackler for the dogs. I'm going with Pop, other, also known as Jamon Dumas Johnson. That's That's who I'm going with. All right, sack leader Rusty. Why'd you give me that one? Like, why'd you give Why'd you give the old dude the toughest one? Because because <laughs> you got the experience. Oh man, um, that's hard because they spread things out so much, and yeah. you know, the linebackers are so involved. And Javon Buller blitzes. If he gets back in time, it very well could be Small Monday. I think Jalen Walker is going to play a lot on third down and blitz packages. I don't think Chaz Chambliss is going to be that guy just yet. Um, I'll go wild card here. And I don't, like think some, I don't think somebody's going to have like six sacks. That's not the way they're built. They spread this thing out. So I'm going to go uh, Marvin Jones Jr. I think he's going to have a big year for Georgia. I think he can end up with four or five sacks and kind of uh, – you know, be that guy, but I certainly think that Georgia could have multiple, multiple players uh, with three or four sacks. If I see Damon Wilson enough the first two weeks, I may come back and yeah. edit this. But uh, you got, I got to see him play. I got to see him put play between the hedges first before I try to jump on that bandwagon. I get that. Four and right, a half. Go snakes, so Rusty, you four get two in a row. Last year, who who yeah, leads in tackles half. for loss? Who's <laughs> me? Yeah. Um, that was for loss, man. Another tough one. Damn, I mean, can I get, like, can I get like – Look, punch? dude, like, you got – you know the I defense, get, so. Uh, tackles for loss. Um, I'll go Nazir Stackhouse. I like that pick. Yeah, I'll go Nazir Stackhouse. He's inside there, and, you know, a lot of those, those carries and stuff, those tackles for one- and two-yard loss, hell, they count the same. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeremy. Leader in INTs, who you got? I'm going to go with Javon Bullard just because I think he'll be around the football a ton. I mean, he's one of those guys that I can just see just catching a couple of that get tipped because he's he's just got a nose for the football, and I you know think he'll end up with three or four by the end of the year. 
All right, Palmer, I'm going to make one up for you. Who has the most <laughs> I was, I was receiving? Who has the most receiving touchdowns, not just yardage? I think it's Brock Bowers again. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Rusty would have loved to have my two questions. Yeah. Hey, Palmer, what's two plus two? Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. How about this one, Palmer? Who's the kicker going to be? Ooh, that Brock now Bowers. that's a better question. I, I'd go with Jared Zirkle there. Um, I'll take a pick. Who you got? I'll go, I'll go Peyton Woodry. All right, we got a little bit of drama here at the end. <laughs> Uh, let's any, chop some any, wood. Any Rusty, you can inside? start. I know you want to chop wood about Kiaris Jackson, so go ahead and do it. Oh, man, great. Just, just you know, one of those things that just, um, man, that, that you saw what Kirby said, the players went wild. And listen, Kiaris Jackson was one of those kids that did everything right all the time from high school, the time I met him early on. And I put a tweet, I retweeted something last night. I knew Kiaris Jackson was that dude when he had Bell Bib DeVoe poison playing at his commitment. I mean, it was blasted. I was like, I'm in the right place right here. <laughs> and, uh, they had a street party. It was great. And uh, good cookout in uh, Fort Valley, Georgia. So, you know, stock up, man, Kiaris. Uh, one of my favorite cities in the world, Nashville. And I hope he plays for a long time. But I know his mom and dad. I cannot even imagine the emotions they felt when he called and told them I'm on the 53 man and uh, congratulations, man. And that might be the next Jersey I purchased. Man. When you come out of peach County, that's just a different place in general. They kick sure. off at a different time. Yep. It's hard. I mean, that is hard high school football down there, man. So yep. I'm happy to see it too. I uh, covered him as a local news reporter in Macon. And I can't believe that his career lasted as long as it did. Made yep. me feel a little bit older, but uh, congrats to Kiaris, man. Awesome stuff. The Titans, I'm just going to say it. The Titans are my AFC team, all right? I was born in Georgia, so I, I feel like I had to pick the Falcons, unfortunately. But, Palmer, I have, uh, I've wandered over, straddling the fence, and I'm cheering for the Titans this year, too. How good are they going to look in those Oilers throwback, too, man? I mean, that Oilers throwback uniform is going to be fire. They shouldn't wear anything else ever. Be, I agree. be ready for disappointment, Wes. <laughs> okay I'll, trust me i'm used to that <laughs> on sundays for sure uh jeremy what you got man um i'm gonna go with just you know obviously i saw quintavious johnson this week you know he's not highly ranked had never heard of the guy you know a year ago i'm just gonna tell georgia fans just to trust kirby smart and that staff's evaluation you know that's kind of my thing for this week you know every guy that you see on a with an offer or committed, every one of those guys can play. Whether you've heard of them, where they have five stars, six stars, three stars, one star, zero star, all those guys can play. And it's because Georgia does a good job of getting these guys on campus, going through and getting them to camp and seeing the traits that they need to see in order to decide what they want, you know, to fit into whatever scheme they're trying to run. And they also, you know, take some some chances on some guys that, you know, may take some, take a little development. They're not afraid to develop guys and let them, you know, sit a year or two. So, you know, that's kind of my thing. Just, you know, that's that's why I'm at. Just trust trust in the process, trust in the uh, evaluation of this program. That's why they're back-to-back defending national championships, landing guys like this. Trust the evals, man. Can't say it enough. Palmer? So it's pretty rare that you get a little nugget from these players. But uh, on Monday, talking to Tyke Smith, 
uh, he came out and said somebody that's been having a really strong camp, uh, really been coming along in camp, has been Julian Humphrey. And I'm excited to see him play on Saturday. Um, obviously, uh, up in the air whether Kamari Lasseter plays, how much he plays. But even if he plays, there's a, a starting spot opposite of him that's up for grabs. And so Humphrey is one of those guys that, you know, didn't – that played in three games last year, red-shirted, recorded zero stats. So it's he's not the easiest to write about right now. But, I mean, when you look at his game – and we talked about it you know, a couple of weeks ago, that speed, I mean, that track speed, just the way that he can fly. Um, he's got the length to play corner. Um, you know, he, he's getting a lot of praise from his teammates. So I'm excited to see it um, because, like I said, it's, it's not often that you get somebody singled out by one of these players. All right, I'll take us home. Um, I know you all talked about it on Bark After Dark. Producer Palmer in that role, but uh, I'll chop wood about Sonny Siler and just everything that guy meant. I mean, we're just losing all these legends, man. So you got to appreciate these people and what they meant to Georgia, uh, what they did for the program. I mean, you're talking about the greatest mascot in college football. It's been voted upon time and time again, and UGG is always there. Georgia Tech wants to, you know, petition. PETA wants to take away the dog, but Sonny Siler is a damn good dog forever, and we don't have Ugga without uh, his contributions and and keeping that tradition going. So, uh, chopping what about that guy, man? Enjoy the season, tailgating wherever you're watching the game. Uh, if you're at it, if you're doing something on Labor Day weekend, season is here, and we're all fired up about it. Hit like and subscribe on Dogs HQ. We're back on Sunday at 8:30. We'll be back here right after the game as well. With the season starting up, our post game show will be up immediately after each game Georgia plays. And Bark After Dark coming back 9 p.m. each Monday. And as I mentioned, 50% off your annual subscription to Dogs HQ for the kickoff special. It is still going on where you can just try it out. Just dabble $1 for one month. Hope you'll join us for the long run. For Rusty, Palmer, and Jeremy, I'm Wes. See y'all soon.